Good afternoon, good evening, good night. What's up? It's Howie Spangler. This is episode number 34 of Tales from the Green Room. Thanks for joining me. Uh, uh, I'm getting the reviews in. Everybody seems to be enjoying the uh, the detonate wrap-up with the boys. Um, we're a bunch of silly bitches. That's all I can say. I don't know. We get together and just start talking, and it's ridiculous. Um, so thanks for listening to that. hope you're loving the record. We are loving the record. It's probably our, probably our favorite record that we've ever done. And really stoked. So thank you to everyone that's streaming it. Um... We're hitting, we just hit like 700,000 streams for the record. And it's only been, it's just under a month here, about four days away. So thank you so much for that. If you know someone that might be into it, please give them the Spotify link, give them the, the iTunes link, whatever it is. We just want the record to be heard. So, you know, thank you very much. And word of mouth is insane. So. Wanted to give a shout out to uh, New Music Food Truck out in Colorado there. Um, Jim and the gang over there, uh, really nice people, and they showcase new alternative bands, uh, new artists all the time, and they featured our band, Value, on there a few times, and did you know, magazine articles and things like that to accompany as well, the Iron Mag. Um, so big shout out to them. Uh, go check them out. They're online, New Music Food Truck, and uh, find your next favorite band. Love those guys. So thank you very much to New Music Food Truck for featuring the Ballyhoo music. What do we got going on here? Just finished up with Real Big Fish last night. We did a show at uh, in uh, Wilmington, Delaware um, at the Queen. Cool venue. Really, really great staff. Staff there was, like, amazing. They, they took really good care of us, and they were really nice. And see, there's no reason to be a dick. There's no reason to be an asshole, you know, at a venue. You run into that sometimes, whether it's like a the house sound guy or uh you know the whoever the stage manager whoever it is um sometimes you run into that and it, it's uh frustrating because it's hard enough out there for us touring rock bands isn't it um so we just want to be treated nice because we'll treat you nice you know uh had a great tour with with the real big fish and we are the union great band too check out we are the union everybody um the, uh, so did anybody see that that video that was going around recently? This this dude playing uh, trombone and like he was doing he did a basket case by Green Day. He made it into a ska song. It's like um, he's singing it, he's playing guitar, playing keys and like playing trombone and um, well it was a rad video. It was a really cool version of the song and I remember I tagged Bill Joe Armstrong on the. Uh, Instagram and um because I thought it was just so so neat and uh yeah the, well that that dude plays trombone and we are the union so I thought that was pretty cool I just made the connection like last week I was like holy shit dude that's you <laughs> um so that was neat uh real big fish awesome guys they are traveling to Europe tonight they're flying out I believe um just want to give a big shout out to them say thank you for having us and always taking care of us and just being really rad dudes uh, we're going to see them in about a month, um, do another week or so with them at the end of November around Thanksgiving. Skanksgiving, actually. Skanksgiving, Sayreville, New Jersey. Come out to that. Tickets are on sale. It's like us, Real Big Fish, the Pie Tasters. It's going to be an insane night. It's the day after Thanksgiving. Um, what else we got going on? Valley who's got two more shows this week. We're playing uh, Stanhope House tomorrow night in New Jersey. 
at the time of I'm recording this, uh, October 25th, Stand Up New Jersey, October 26th, DC, Union Stage, uh, with Higher Education and Educated Fools. See, there's a whole school theme going on here, if you hadn't noticed. Educated Fools, Higher Education. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just filling space at this point. Thank you to all my supporters uh, of the Tales from the Green Room podcast. I can't even believe it. It's so nice of you um, to contribute some of your hard-earned money. I know uh, money isn't easy to come by. I'm right there with you, and this really helps. It. Uh, if you'd like to support the podcast or find out more about it, you can go to talesfromthegreenroom.com. Hit the support the podcast button. You can pick a tier, 99 cents, $4.99 or $9.99 a month. You can cancel any time. And basically what this does is uh, helps me take care of like admin stuff, like the website fees, things like that. And eventually, <clears throat> eventually maybe we'll get to a point where I can hire someone on to uh, help me produce this thing. I'm producing it myself right now, and I love doing it. But it's a it's a lot of work, you know. So um, maybe one day we'll get to a point where I can hire somebody on, and you know we can just even take this even further. I can buy a few more microphones and uh, maybe get some more people in here, and um, you know have some bigger conversations. And you know, uh, I just thank you very much for supporting this. It's uh, it's really nice of you. So today uh, I thought it'd be cool to talk about. Um, how I write a song. Uh, I get a lot of questions and stuff from time to time, especially like interviews and things. And I thought it'd be interesting to uh, cover it on the show here. And um, I think I went pretty, pretty deep with it. Um, you know, everything I could think of, just kind of throw it out there and explain it the best I could. Um, if there's anything that I didn't get to, please hit me up in the DM. Let me know. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram, Howie Spangler. No E in Howie. Um, HowieSpangler.com, all that stuff. And uh, check out my vlogs on YouTube if you guys haven't done that yet. Um, uh, YouTube.com slash Howie Spangler. Just doing some vlogging lately. And I uh, got some family stuff in there, some tour stuff, just some random shit, random thoughts. Um, that's a lot of fun too. I'm not sure which I like better. I love making video, but... I can do the podcast like completely naked if I wanted to. I don't have to worry about how I look, which is cool. And I'm always like self-conscious about how I look on camera. I hate taking pictures and sometimes taking video. I don't know, just especially in HD, you can really see everything. You know what I mean? Had a real bad like acne flare up like over the summer tour and like into last month even. <laughs> so that's all there. That's all documented and all over for the world to see for, for the fucking rest of our days. What do we got, like 20 years left? 20 years on Earth? So at least for at least 20 years until we're consumed by the sun or, you know, the, the flooding, the great flooding, um, you'll be able to watch my acne on YouTube. Um, so let's get into the show. I'm talking too much. Enjoy. All right. Uh, I guess I started writing songs when I was 12 or 13. Um, and they were pretty bad, I guess. Um, 
you know, just like rhyming typical words and like not very profound, I guess. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it was, maybe it was pretty good for a kid, but um, I still have all that stuff too. I've got like a folder and it's like really thick. One of those, like, remember those like manila folders that you get um, for like a file cabinet or whatever. I got, I have like one of those and uh, just drool over it. It says, you know, Ballyhoo. And it's got like all our old flyers from the local shows we used to play in Aberdeen, friends' parties and stuff, and like just a bunch of lyrics and doodles and things like that. Um, the original like Earl face that I drew with a Sharpie is in there. Um, a couple variations of it too. Um, yeah, so there's there's a lot of old history in the, in that folder. Actually, I got I got to find that. It's I know it's in a um in a bin in my uh, storage down here. Um, but uh, yeah, so I started writing songs just like about girls, and um, I write a lot of love songs. I mean, you guys probably already know that, but um, I write a lot about nostalgia. I'm a very nostalgic type of person. I um, think about the past a lot. And they say that people that <laughs> reminisce about the glory days uh, a lot means they're unhappy with their current <laughs> their current life. Um, I don't think that's, that's I don't think I'm far, that extreme. I do miss uh, being a kid sometimes. I think we all do, right? Uh, you know, being around my parents and having zero responsibility and um, discovering things for the first time, video games, music, movies, you know. Um, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, I write about things that I guess affect me, which, um, can be any number of things. And I don't usually, I I wouldn't say that I force anything. It's, it's always kind of what I'm feeling in the moment, or I might be thinking about something for a while and, uh, before I write it down and, um, just back then, yeah, it was like about having crushes on girls and um, being a kid and uh, hating school. And I had a song called School Days, uh, D-A-Z-E. Um, I thought that was clever. And uh actually wasn't bad. We played it for a while um, for the first couple years of the band. Um it was just a simple rock song and uh typical nineties kind of rock song. And um my dad always loved it. He thought it was so like so rad. Like I had this like guitar solo where I was trying to like shred it up and um I was always a good rhythmic player. I could always play rhythm guitar really well. Um, but guitar solos have never really been my my thing. I do a lot of melodic stuff. I'm not like a shredder, you know? Um, and uh, so, yeah, it was just the song School Days. It was just about hating school and like how it's too early to get up <laughs> and how I just, I think the chorus was like, why can't I sleep for just a week, for like a full week or something like that? Um, <laughs> it's just silly um, 
silly stuff. And uh, I had another song called Paradise Road, which was like the jam. It was uh, it was like the first song that I felt really good about. Um, it was one of the first songs I'd written, and I'd written many before that, but this was the one where I felt actually like there was something there. Like I felt like it had a good hook on it, and it was a pop punk song, and it was very Green Day. A lot of the songs were very Green Day and pop punk, and uh, it just felt like I don't know, we played it at our high school talent show in '96. Uh, um, and the whole place went ape shit. We came out and we rocked it. Do they open the curtain? And there we were. And I was having problems with my guitar amp. My, I was using my friend's guitar amp. It was JR, our old bass player, actually. He let me use his guitar amp. And I didn't know how to turn it on right. <laughs> so I just like cranked it and it just was super loud. And oh man, it was awesome. It was like the best feeling in the world. Like, the lights come on, the curtains opened up, the lights come on, the crowd, there's probably like 500, I don't know, I don't know how many people fit in the auditorium, like five, 600 people, maybe, and everyone went crazy, they're screaming, and it was just this, like, feeling, man, I, I was like, whoa, <laughs> this is like one of the first times that I felt that, and this was, this wasn't the first time we performed, it was probably our, you know, maybe... I don't know, third or fourth public appearance. Uh, and man, it was, it was awesome. We didn't win. We didn't win the, uh, the show, but, um, but it was awesome. It was, it was a good time. And, and so that song paradise road, that was like the hit song. So when we would do shows locally, it was like play paradise road, you know, and paradise road is actually the road that our, our high school was on. And the whole idea of the song was uh, that it wasn't paradise. And the question it was, I was asking a question: Is this paradise? I don't think so. Like, is this really paradise? The shit sucks. We got to go to school every day, and like, it just it was like a it was like a weird, ironic thing to me. And that was like my first time that I felt clever in my songwriting, like. Um, being able to, uh, which is something that comedians are great at. Um, I've always found this parallel with comedians and musicians, um, especially touring musicians and comedians. Um, being able to, uh, comedians are able to um, analyze like real life stuff and break it down and pick it apart and just explain it in a way that connects with us, right? Like, um, the, the the good comedians, you know, they they really know how to break it down and like, um, just sort of explain the ridiculousness of an everyday mundane situation that we all go through, you know. Um, and I have always strived to do that in my songwriting. Um, some songs are pretty straightforward, and there's nothing like there's no magical metaphors or anything like that. And I honestly, that's how I approach most of my stuff. Um, but every now and then I'll just kind of strike gold, you know, in my own head about the way I explain something. Because, I mean, there are 
billions of songs, right? That I don't, I don't know. There's probably billions of songs, right? It's uncountable, right? Um, and I mean, you can bet. That, I mean, there's so many songs about the same thing, right? But each artist has a way of explaining it in their own way that makes it feel new again. And that's always been fascinating to me. Um, so when I write a song, when I write lyrics that could potentially be tattooed on someone's body, this has happened. I, I People come up to me at the merch table or they'll tag pics on Instagram or something uh, with my lyrics on their body. And I'm blown away first off. I just can't even... I can't even fathom the idea that, that someone would want to put my words on their body um, forever. Like that, that is a, it's like an ultimate, um, uh, what, what's the word, uh, homage, I guess. Uh, I don't know. It's, and to me, it's just, it seems unfounded. You know what I mean? It just, I, it, I don't feel like I should be as important to this person, right? Because um, I'm, I'm my own person. I've got my own flaws and I pay bills and I, I live in a house with, a family and I just do everything that you do. Right. Um, so it's amazing to me and I'm very grateful for it. Um, so when I write lyrics, like I don't, I, I hate when I, when I feel like I'm trying too hard. Like when I start feeling like that, I get frustrated and I stop and I, I go away from it. Um, I've thrown out so many lyrics, you know, and, and nowadays I, I like, I'll write like on the laptop or on the iPad or something like that. And so I'll delete, you know, many, many words and, and things. And um, because I'm looking for the right way to say something, um, because I want it to be iconic. I want it to be something that someone could tattoo on their body. And I'm not saying that I, this is, this doesn't mean I write everything. That was a weird statement. I don't write everything to like, because I know people are going to get a tattoo. That sounds really uh, uh, egotistical, you know? Um, that's not what I mean. I just mean like, if there's any potential that someone is going to do that, I want it to be, I want those words to be strong and I want it to really say something. And uh, so I try to, um, there are certain uh, like especially on the, the choruses and stuff, I, I really try to make it something that's that stands out, and it's not just kind of like regular words. Um, I don't know if I'm explaining this right. Uh, you know, just a regular kind of sentence that you'd hear all the time. Like I, not necessarily that. I I, I don't know. Um, is this going anywhere? Uh, so. Um, so kind of back up. Uh, so yeah, I, as a kid, I, I felt like I, f I was finally starting to write some some cool stuff that was really sticking. Um, and one of my big things, writing lyrics these days, um, it's actually gotten harder for me. I've actually felt like um, writer's block more than ever over the last probably seven or eight years. I remember during the daydream sessions, I was tripping and like, I couldn't believe like, and I know guys that just write lyrics and they've got books and stacks of journals where they just write lyrics, man. 
you know, and I used to do that. I used to do that all the time. Like I would, I wrote a song called Paper Dolls from our, our Cheers record. I was working, I was making mini blinds at this place in Perryman, Maryland, which is like, it's part of Aberdeen, but it's its own town name for some reason. But like, anyway, it's like a business park area. And I was making fucking mini blinds. And it's like, you can imagine. Yeah, it sucks. It's like the one of the worst jobs, right? Any kind of factory job, right? I did a lot of that shit. And so I'm standing there. It was temp work too. And like, it wasn't guaranteed and just whatever. They fired me because I left for tour and there was this whole thing like, hey, you're doing great. Like, you could possibly be hired on permanently. And like, that's all I wanted, right? Was to be hired on permanently to a fucking warehouse job. Like, no, no, definitely not. But so uh, <laughs> I guess uh, I was standing there, you know, making the blinds. We were cutting them. I had to, like, there's this machine that like cuts them down and whatever. And <clears throat> I, I just was bored one day and I don't know what it was. I was just like, just like paper dolls, like, oh, that's cool. I like that hook. That sounds rad. So that melody is nice. So I just sat there for like an hour, just I'm supposed to be like making mini blinds. I'm just writing. Found a piece of paper, pen. I'm just writing. I'm like using the machine to like the side of the machine to like write the lyrics, you know, <laughs> with my elbow pressed against it. Um, and that's that. It's one of those things like songwriting is weird where it just it just hits you. You never know when it's coming. It just, it just, boom, there it is. Ah, fuck, I gotta, you know, so that, that's why it's great to have, like, my phone near me because I can hit, hit the, uh, hit the, uh, the fucking uh, voice memos, you know, and I can sing into the phone or, or whatever if I happen to have my guitar, which is even better. I love having my guitar on me when I can just jam it out because otherwise I'm humming the, uh, the melody of the guitar and it just sounds so stupid, but you gotta, you gotta save it. I don't know how many songs... And I've heard other songwriters say this, like, dude, I've had so many hit songs just escape me. They just, they're gone. Because you know what it is? For me, I'll think of this shit while I'm trying to go to sleep. And I'm like, I don't feel like getting up. Like, I just got comfy in the bed. I just want to sleep. Like, I don't feel like getting up. And I'll hum it through my head a bunch of times. You know, as I fall asleep, I'm like, all right, I got this. I got this. I'll wake up the next morning and it is fucking gone. Gone. Peace. See you later. 5,000. This shit is... Oh, man. I, I've been frustrated many times. So I've tried to learn from that, and I'll get up. And I have in the, in the past. I've gotten up, and I ran downstairs and brought my phone and just started playing my acoustic, you know, at 1 in the morning. Um, you know, and I've been very thankful. We've had a few songs on the records that came from that process, you know? So I'm very happy that I got my lazy ass up and went and laid down the demo, right? Um, but songwriting is, the, the approach is, uh, it's never quite exactly the same. There's definitely several ways um, that I do it. And usually how it works is I'll, I'll work on a bunch of songs at home and I'll bring the songs to the band. And sometimes it's, when we're about to record, like the, the guys don't even get time to really go over it. <laughs> like I'll just, I'll write songs. I'll have a batch and uh, I'll throw them in the Dropbox usually and send the link around to the guys. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll just go from there. Uh, sometimes 
there's a little jam that happens. We don't really jam that much. Like we don't, we never rehearse, which is like awful. We should definitely be rehearsing. We'd be a much better band, but, uh, we play so much, we tour so much. Um, you know, so when we're at, uh, sound check, we, we can bust some things out and work on some things. Or if I've got something going on, I'll be like, Hey, check this out. Like I'll show Nick some notes and go that way. Cheers. Our third record was actually, uh, perfected over the course of like a year or two, maybe longer. Um, most of those songs, like I'd written, I'd had a bunch of demos and um, we would actually record them, or I'm sorry, we would rehearse them on stage, like live. Like we'd have this weekly bar gig every Thursday night at a place called The Rendezvous. It was in Perryville, Maryland. Oh man, dude, I could go on about this place. It was like the spot. We cut our teeth there as a live band and um, it was like where we learned how to be a live band and perform and, and kind of get a crowd going. And, um, <clears throat> so we, I would just have songs and we, you know, cause we, we end up would play the same songs every week. We're playing sublime covers and green day covers and incubus or whatever. And then obviously a bunch of originals, but it started getting old. So we were like, I was like, well, uh, let's try this one. I just kind of came up with this last week or whatever. And literally would tell the guys the chord progression on stage and we would just do it and I would sing whatever lyrics I had I would make up lyrics um and <laughs> over the course of a few weeks they just get better and better and tighter and next thing you know we had cheers was ready to be recorded and uh banged it out pretty quickly in the summer of 2007 um so uh Usually what'll happen is um, I'll I'll be again anywhere I'll be ready to go to bed I'll be you know on the road I'll be at the grocery store or, or sitting in, at the house watching TV whatever and I'll get an idea usually it's a melody I'll get a melody more times more often than not I'll get the melody first and then I'll build build the the words around the melody. Um, because I think, I think there's a, there's definitely been times where I feel like a line sounds cheesy. You can get away with saying some cheesy shit as long as the melody is dope. And I think I've done that quite a few times. And I try to stay away from, if, if I feel like something's cheesy or corny, I'll, I'll trash it. I think it's something else, but <clears throat> sometimes you can get away with it. And, uh, so that's why I like starting with the melody first, because I feel like it gives you a good, um, a good solid foundation to build on. And the melody will dictate what I want to say, like what I want to talk about. Like I'll, I'll feel it first and then I'll take it from there. And so it's like, okay, does this feel sad to me? Does, the, does this feel happy? Does it feel uh, dark? Um, should this be a punk rock song? Like, should I sing this more snotty? Like, should, you know, uh, do I need to go brand, full Brandon Boyd and be all fucking sweet, sexy voice? Like, you know, um, and uh, a lot of times, like, for me, what I've found is, like, 
I make this dynamic happen where I'll take something negative or dark and I will make it, I'll flip it with a positive melody or upbeat uh, structure. And um, I don't know what it is, but it, it's, it seems to work. I guess it feels like there's a song called Bad Credit from our second record, Do It For The Money. And that song was about how I had my, I, I was 18 years old. I bought a Mustang, brand new, 35th anniversary, 1999. I bought that shit. It was $410 a month plus $300 insurance, dude. Holy shit, 700 bucks, right? But I was 18. I was like, I don't care. That's all I got. That's all the bills I got, dude. Oh my God. I didn't make, you know, I made maybe 150, 200 bucks a week. I don't know how I got this thing. Um, so two years later, sure enough, it got repossessed. And I was living with this girl at the time. We were together for a while. It was like an awful, unhealthy relationship, toxic, just hated every minute of it. And, uh, wasn't paying bills. I lived, we lived in an apartment together. We had a dog. We had like several cats. I was a completely different person. I was just this shitty 19, 20 year old that just had zero direction. I had the band, but the band wasn't really doing anything at that point. Only, I think we only played a few shows in like 2002 or something like that. Like it's just, ugh, I hate even going back to this honestly. Um, but so I had to repossess, I had all these bills and I didn't, I didn't care. I was just, nothing mattered, you know, and I was working like two or three jobs. Like it was delivering pizza and worked at a fucking warehouse, making refrigerator doors and for restaurants and shit. Like it was just, it's a weird time in my life. And I was listening to the fucking stained. I mean, you know what I mean? <sighs> Um, so, <laughs> so I wrote this song called Bad Credit, and um, as, you know, the lyrics will, it's, you'll hear, like, it's just, it's a dark, negative experience, but I know that a lot of people go through it, and I know that so many people can vibe with it, they'll connect with it, and uh, so I it was literally like I was sitting with the acoustic and I swear I just went, when my life goes down the drain and just played it on the guitar the same. And I got no one left to blame. It was just like, dude, it's so simple. It's so simple. Oh my God. It was so, that song came out so fast. I wrote that song fast as fuck. Like, just don't try too hard, you know? Um, that's how I try to approach it. Like the best songs come from just letting it flow. Don't think about it. Don't overthink about it. Just let it come out. Let it happen. And you can tweak shit after the fact, you know. Just get your song out. Get your basic, like, get your verse and your chorus and your melodies. Get that down. And then go back and start tweaking little words here and there or tweak your melodies. Sing something a little bit different. Like, how can we make this better? But just get it out because I think people put up a wall um, because they get, uh, I know for me, I get like, uh, what's, what's the word? I get desperate to finish it. Um, 
I get judgmental of myself. I'm like, ah, it's fucking stupid. Like it doesn't live up to the standard or, or whatever. Cause we all set standards for ourselves, you know? And you have to break that barrier down and just let this shit flow. And do you know how many go back? Okay, the 90s was the greatest time in music. It was the greatest time in music. I don't care who you are. 80s was great. Early 2000s had some good songs. I'm not saying I hate all that stuff, but the 90s, dude, the 90s was real as fuck. Now, when you go back, go back and listen to some of your favorite songs from the 90s and tell me if that shit makes sense, especially alternative rock of that time. Dude, I will listen to certain songs like Nirvana songs or Stone Temple Pilots. And I'm like, I understand. It's, it's more about the artistry. And even if it didn't make sense to the person that wrote it, um, it was art and I fully respect it, but God damn, some of this shit doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, I'm trying to think of an example. What I got, you got to give it to your mama. What I got, you got to give it to your papa. What I got, you got to get it. Drink, drink a little water. What? What? What are you saying? What? You see what I mean? Like, I love that song. It's fucking awesome, right? It's a great, great alternative rock song no idea what the fuck they're talking about right um so i guess the point of this is just saying like don't worry about context don't worry about um the actual meaning of the song i've written songs where i don't even know what they mean until years later i'm not shitting you i i will write songs because I will say things in the song just because it sounds good. It sings well, right? It sings well. And I have no idea really what it means. Like I have kind of a general sort of direction, I guess, the things I want to talk about. But shit goes off the rails. And years later, I'll be like, oh, dude, it makes so much sense. It makes so much sense now. But I didn't really know it at the time. Um, and those are the things I struggle with. I, I, I struggle with judging myself um, because uh, on what we've done before um, and knowing how fans have reacted to it. And I want to offer that same experience, you know, with every Ballyhoo record or single or whatever. So it, it can be, you kind of wrestle with that. You have to learn to knock down the barrier. Um, and so, yeah, so I start with the melody first. And then I sort of build the, the words on top of it. I figure out how it makes me feel. And then I just start saying things, I guess. Or maybe a line will happen. Sometimes a line will just, like there's no melody. It's just just a, just a one line of words. And um, I'll build on that, you know. I definitely have um, a typical structure there's like a formula. Um, I like, I like, nowadays I get right to the point. Um, I can talk about more of this in a minute, but uh, arrangement wise, um, I like to keep it tight and I don't feel like you need to drone on about anything. And that's just, that's not exactly, not even lyrically um, that too, but even musically, like there's only, you don't need to keep repeating a part over and over again you know, for 
eight or 16 bars. You, you, let's, let's do it and move on. You know, um, I'll talk about more of that in a minute, but, uh, so usually there'll be like, um, maybe a guitar intro or something or a drum or a bass. Uh, sometimes I'll, I'll hit the chorus right at the top, maybe do like half a chorus or something. Um, just to sort of, the chorus is, is the money shot, right? That, that's the one that, that's what gets everybody. That's why they call it the hook. That's the hook, right? So sometimes when you start with the hook, I mean, boom, we're, we're off to the races, right? Uh, you don't want to do that every time. You don't, you want to have the exact same structure with every song, but it definitely happens where I hit with the chorus first just because it feels good. It's like, yeah, open it up. Boom. Like the chorus is like the sum of all of your parts of the song. It's supposed to, the verses explain what's going on, right? And then the choruses are what you come back to is like the sum of your subject matter, your topic, whatever it is. Um, so sometimes hitting that right from the top to sort of set the tone uh, is the way to go. And I've done that many times. And you hear that a lot in pop music. It just hits the chorus right away. Uh, I don't like to to take too long to get to my courses. I, I like if I don't start right at the top. Um, I like to get maybe a cool intro, but you don't need some eight bar intro. Do your little guitar thing or whatever it is, and then get right into it. People want to hear what you have to say, you know. And this is, I guess. Okay, I will say this first. This is more probably for. Um, the short kind of pop approach to songs, which is what I have. I grew up listening to the radio as a kid, and I just have this influence. It's what I like. It's what I like to hear. If you're in a math rock band, you know, or a jam band, this may not apply to you. But um, I think maybe I can help with like, I don't know, just maybe put some thoughts in your head about uh, melodies or arrangements, ideas, things like that. So for me... I like to get right into it. Like I said, do your little guitar thing of whatever, the drum fill, whatever it is, and just go. Just start start saying your thing. You're, in, you're into your verse. And what I like to do is, it's all about, you're telling a story with your lyrics, but you have to tell a story musically as well. And you don't want to hit everything all at once. It can't be uh, every element of the song, like instrumentally, right at the top you gotta you want you want to slow build into it you got to build this anticipation and so what you'll hear is like a simple kind of verse with guitar and bass and vocals and drums and maybe some keys or something and then halfway through the first verse let's say it's eight bars four bars in okay something else happens there's a there's a melody thing that happens some sort of accompaniment some sort of a melody that happens underneath that just takes the song a little bit higher, a little bit further in, your, in, the, in the musical story, right before the, the chorus or the pre-chorus. Should I use a pre-chorus? Let's talk about it. Uh, I love pre-choruses. Pre-choruses ramp, ramp it up. They, they just go, they go, okay, something's about to happen here. What's about to happen? Like Pre-choruses are great. Um, you don't need a pre-chorus before every chorus. You know what I like to do? I like to do a pre-chorus, right? And then go to the, go to the chorus, 
come back to the second verse, and then sometimes go right to the chorus. Fuck the pre-chorus, right? And then you can do some some weird shit where you do one pre-chorus maybe, and then you go to like the the bridge or middle eight, which I guess it means eight bars. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, eight bars in the middle there, and your bridge is is like your other way of telling your story. It's an alternative way to tell the story from the verses. So like, it's going to be a different chord progression. It doesn't have to be completely different. It can be. But I like to keep things sort of in context musically. Like, don't deviate too far from the, uh, the scheme you've set up. Um, but you tell this, the story a little bit differently... Uh, think of it as a, it's not a third verse, it's just, it's another way with a different chord progression to explain what's happening. And you use that bridge, and then you go, boom, right back into the chorus. Um, if you want to use pre-choruses, fucking all day, you know what I mean? This, there, it's all art at the end of the day. It just really depends on what you're going for. If you're trying to be on the radio and stuff, there's a, there's a formula that you need to follow. Um, but I think for getting just a tight song and this, it doesn't have to be a radio hit. It's just for me, for going for a nice tight song that has all the elements and does everything, covers all the bases. Um, this is sort of the formula that I use. And so, yeah, go ahead. Three pre-courses in there. I, again, they're just, it's, it's, uh, it's another way to ramp the song up to really get into those choruses. Dude. Uh, Eddie Money, take me home tonight, right? I can feel you breathe. I can feel your heartbeat faster, 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 faster. Do, 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 do. Take me home. Dude, I got chills just singing that to you badly. I got chills. Like, that is what I'm talking about. Dude, how good is that? Eddie Money is fucking sick, okay? Eddie Money's fucking dope. Love that dude's voice. Um, Goddamn. That whole buildup... It just stays on this, it stay. I don't know how to explain it, like the bass, the guitar, everything just stays kind of, you feel the height, it get heightened, right? And it just stays up there. Is this arpeggio thing? And then it's like the drums, take me up, dude. So fucking good. That is such a good example of a greatly written pop song. Uh, I remember going to the um, side note. My dad was taking me to get my cast cut off when I was six. I think I was six. Yeah, and that song was on the radio. We were on our way to Havity Grace, the Memorial Hospital, to get my cast cut off. And that shit came on the radio, and my dad's like driving. He's sitting there singing it. He's like pointing at me, looking at me in the seat, and he's like singing the song. Like, I remember that stuff, you know? Um, That song, oh my God. But, okay. I digress. So uh, that whole build-up, man, pre-choruses are great. Pre-choruses are great. But here's when they're not great. They become expendable when your song starts getting too long. I like keeping a song under four minutes. That's just my thing. We just did a whole mini rock opera with Riddle with Bullets. The shit's like three and a half minutes. Let me, let me look this up right now. I don't even know. Honestly, I might be lying to everybody every time I've said this. 
But this motherfucking song is less. Hold on. I'm just talking to fill, fill the space here. Filling the airspace. Okay, hold on. Nope, nope. Stop. Okay, okay. 338. This song is three minutes and 38 seconds. Dude, and it's a goddamn mini rock opera. A goddamn rock opera. Okay? We, like, if you've heard this song, Riddled with Bullets from my new album, Detonate, it's on sale right now. You should go get it if you haven't heard it. Um, if you haven't heard this song, or if you have heard this song, then you, then you know. We cover everything that my band has done. Like, the whole history of my band's musical stylings, maybe except for funk. We got a little funky on the first record. But uh, it's all there. It's covered. It's fucking ska. It's pop punk, right? There's a fucking metal breakdown, post-hardcore breakdown. Uh, Nick gave me shit the other day. It's post-hardcore. Breakdown in the middle there. And that that shit happens like a minute and a half in. Uh, And there's this whole thing that takes you down this completely different, like like thrice kind of path, like heavy screaming. And then it comes back to the the pop-punk outro on the chorus and... Or the chorus, pop punk chorus, and then there's like this outro with acoustic guitar, and like there's all this shit happening. There's like, oh, there's this army of Howards singing behind, and it's just insanely epic song that happens in three minutes and 38 seconds. And that's because I didn't fuck around, man. I didn't bullshit. I did what I had to do. I got in and I got out. And that shit is fucking fire. Did I mention that this, my podcast is explicit, has the E there. I cuss a lot. Um, My kids don't cuss. I cuss all the time around my kids. I'm not sure if that makes me a bad parent or what, but they're totally cool. They They don't cuss, and they don't even look when I cuss. They don't even look. Like, it doesn't, it just goes right over the head. It's like, just normal speak. Maybe that's bad, but you know what? Remember Oz, remember the Aussies, uh, the fucking, uh, the Aussies? Jesus Christ. The Osbournes. Remember that show? And everybody was getting, like, all crazy because the kids were cussing and saying fuck and all. I don't know. I, I don't think that defines what a, what is a good person or <laughs> a good family unit or a good person. I don't think cussing a lot makes you a bad person. Right? Uh, again, digression. Um... Dude, you don't have to do fucking intro, verse, pre-chorus, chorus, intro to second verse, second verse, pre-chorus, chorus, bridge, guitar solo, pre-chorus, breakdown thing, chorus, double chorus, outro. You don't have to do that. You can totally do that if you want. In fact, do it. Try it. Songwriting exercise. One of the one of the best um, pieces of pieces of advice that I remember getting, uh, not personally, but um, reading or watching interviews. The Green Day guys, um, when they did American Idiot, they really let go, and they did take it back to basics in a way um, after Warning, because that was more of like a singer songwriter acoustic kind of a roots rock kind of record. Um, but they went back to basics as far as like just these straight ahead punk rock songs, but there's these fucking nine minute songs on there. Jesus of suburbia, 
It's one of the best songs ever written. It's so well crafted. And what happened was those guys each went and the three of them went and did a 30 second song or like a minute song. And they just kept doing it and they just strung them together and they they created these transitions to make it seamless. And they've got this nine minute epic, epically crafted opera rock song. And it's so bad. Every part is fucking awesome. And the lyrics, everything, man. And I think that that's a great exercise. Have the have the guys guys or girls in your band do something like that. It, when everybody feels like they want to contribute, you know, sometimes uh, songs have like a primary songwriter. In my band, I'm I'm the primary songwriter, but I'm not opposed to having the guys approach me with music and um, and song ideas. So that's something that you can try, and maybe I'll try it now that I'm bringing it, bringing it up. You know, um, it would be fun to like sit around if we ever fucking practice again. Uh, to and everybody come up with their own song and then just string it together and see what happens and don't worry about time that that's another thing uh don't worry about i'm I'm talking about pop songs and stuff here but your song can be as long as you want you know it just depends on what your goals are uh it's like when i when i draw i learned this a long time ago as a kid when I, i used to be in art class and stuff when i draw like don't like don't leave yourself with just the paper, right? The size of this paper. Like maybe you're doodling on an eight and a half by 11 or maybe it's a big fat piece of construction paper or something. And, and now digitally, it's even easier to do this, but like don't let the border of the paper like dictate the the art you're about to put down on it. Like... I'll go off the paper, like, and it helps to have like construction paper or something underneath when you're doing this. And again, digitally is super easy. You just go off the, you know, off the canvas there. You can go right into the artboard, but um, go off of the page, take your lines off the page and you're going to just feel a lot less constricted that way. And your, your art is going to feel bigger to you. You're bigger to you. You're drawing, you know, it's the same way with crafting a song don't think about this needs to be three minutes like just just put it all down get it all down worry about arrangement later this is why doing pre-production is the best thing to do before you do you make a record you can go in there and you can write a song in the studio we've done it many times but um if you do it this way, if you do a pre-production, like sit down at Pro Tools or, or your voice memo or whatever it is, your garage band on your iPad, whatever it is, and just throw down everything that makes sense and then start taking your pieces, create loops. And I, I'll do this. I'll create loops from all the different parts, the verses, the choruses, whatever, and then just drag them around and put them uh, in certain spots. And then when it, even when that's all done, what, the band will be fully, fully rehearsed on a song and I will literally come back behind and be like, you know what? We got to chop down that, that pre-chorus. Take it out. Take it out. Or, you know, that verse is too long or this intro is too long. Um, you know, it, it's just, and that's just how, how, how I feel as far as like arranging songs. Like, I think that songs should be tight and not drawn out. Because at a point, 
at a point there's you're sort of beating a dead horse, right? You're like it oh, we've already heard this part several times in the song. We don't need it. It just it's it's not needed. Just trim the fat and get to the point. That's you know, that's my uh that's my advice on that. Um I like to take uh I like to take all my songs and I it's I love when I can have a song fully written here in Pro Tools and have like so much time to, to listen back and go over it. Um, and uh, then I'll, I'll start picking it apart and thinking like, oh, I need to change that word. I did that with, um, with Detonate um, in the second verse. No, I could never wait around. Well, before it used to be, well, I could never wait around, right? And for whatever reason, that really stuck out. And I, re- I wrote the song five years ago before we put it out. And it's always been that way. And when I, after I recorded it, this was months after I recorded before the mix was done, I went back in last minute and I just punched in, no, I can never wait around. I went up instead of round. <laughs> instead of going down, I went up. And it just makes all the difference to me because it, it felt kind of like, at that point in the song, we were coming back from the chorus. There was this big epic thing. And then, no, I can never wait around. It just felt like it just took the energy back down. And I was trying to keep it up. And another thing that we did with that song was it used to be, the verses used to be like this mid-tempo kind of Green Day sort of like, 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 or something like that. And it just, once we actually tracked it, we started tracking it. I was like, man, there's something, I just feel like the energy just goes way down from such an epic chorus. It just doesn't really, it's not exciting to me. So I told Don, I said, yo, try try doing that, that skate punk beat and uh, let's see how it goes. And, a, and at first he was like, it was weird and because you know, you've been playing it a certain way for a while. That, that's really hard to do. It's called demo-itis. I'll talk about that in a minute. Um, so like he wasn't sure if it was going to work. He was getting frustrated. I was like, nah, just keep, keep trying it. Like I promise it's going to work. And sure enough, he's a fucking sick drummer. So he, he nailed it. He killed it. And, uh, and I'm super happy. And the whole band's super happy that, that we made that change to now it's a skate punk versus, uh, someone told me in a, in a comment recently, like reminds them of like lag wagon or something. I'm like, yeah, you're right. Now I don't ever listen to lag wagon, but, um, just that whole thing Lagwagon's a good band don't don't get me wrong um but uh like yeah that that whole thing just took the energy way up um so those are the things i'm talking about don't worry about uh making a perfect song right away just do it just write it down write shit down get your get your parts down and and make a song make a five minute song whatever it is make a one minute song and then build on that but then go in and start picking it apart and really sweetening up all these parts. Trim the fat, change a melody here and there, make that better, change a word, you know. This is the beauty of technology these days. You can do that kind of stuff. It's so simple. The way that I was able to go and punch in that lyric and detonate after I had already recorded the song months before, and you can't tell the difference. You wouldn't know that if I didn't tell you that. Um, it's the, the beauty of technology. So use the technology. That's another thing. Okay, the technology we have today 
you don't have to you don't have to do things all in one take it doesn't have to be fucking perfect the first time like whatever you have to do to get there and i'm not saying auto tune the fuck out of your voice things like that i think you should tune where you need to be tuned um because yes everything you hear on the radio everything all the records you hear um there there's some tuning going on in the vocals it just for me, it's forever, and I actually hate hearing my voice back after I record it the first time. Um, I have to go in there and tune some things up, uh, but it's forever, and I want to make sure that it's not. I can't listen to our old shit because I didn't know what I was doing back then. I didn't know how to do any of that stuff, and I can't listen to the old stuff. I hate my voice. <laughs> like, it's so weird. But I think that that's what inhibits a lot of uh, songwriters um, these days is thinking it needs to be perfect and it just fucking doesn't just just get it out there and then tweak it later you know demoitis demoitis sucks it's awful so demoitis happens when you write a song and you record a demo and you listen to it for months or years even. And in your head, that's the song. That's it. That's how that song goes. Oh, you know that one song I wrote? Yeah, that's how that goes. Right? And then you go and record it in the studio, and then your producer or another band member is like, I think we should make this part like this. And me, dude... I freak the fuck out. I just do. Like I'm a, I'm a I'm an understanding, easygoing kind of guy. Personable. I know that about myself, right? Been in many situations, right? And and when someone wants to change something that I have just it's been burned in my brain that this is how it goes and that's how it came out of my head and like you're hearing shit that was in my head like this is my these are my thoughts and I've made them audible for you right (laughs) and now you're telling me that it's gonna be fucking different right imagine how that feels um it's like when you think you're taking a drink of a nice sweet uh, Coca-Cola with, you know, a cherry Coke, right? You're like, oh my God, this is that cherry Coke that I fucking love. You slurp that shit up and it's just a cup of piss. That's what that's like. <laughs> oh. oh man, I'll be here all week, folks. I'll be here all week. Uh, yeah, so that's demoitis in a, in a nutshell. That's demoitis in a cup of piss. Um, it's awful man and it happens to all of us um and sometimes like you'll you'll think you have a really good recording of like this guitar tone or something or maybe your drums sound really good or maybe that fill was dope or maybe you did something really cool with your voice and then you go record it in the studio it's they're all different takes now you know it's all different stuff and it's the guitar is not as ripping as the demo i mean you and you eventually work through that stuff to make it sound as close to what you want as possible but you know it's all stuff that messes with you 
Um, but uh, yeah, so when I when I uh, when I write a song, um, I'm not thinking that this needs to be the most perfect, ridiculous song ever. I'm just thinking like I've got this cool idea, I've got this cool melody, and I would like people to hear it one day. Um, and so I'm just gonna throw this down and try to put yourself in that in that feeling. Um, that that put yourself in that headspace. That's where you need to be, and just let it flow. Just let it flow. I, I've again, I've been, I've had a writer's block for years, and I don't write nearly as many lyrics as I'd like. And part of that is because I'm I'm really busy all the time. I, I stay busy. I don't ever stop working. Um, I'm doing this podcast right now. I could be writing lyrics, but I like doing this podcast. It's a lot of fun for me. Um, you know, I do videos on YouTube. I got kids. I got to make dinner. You know, those things. It's life gets in the way and other interests and stuff happen, you know. So I, I definitely, uh, I guess I'm sidetracked a lot. You know, I'm also trying to read more. I'm trying to read books. You know, it's fucking weird. I've never thought I ever want to read books, but I'm trying to read. Um, I can read. I'm an okay reader, but uh, I just don't ever do it. And I'm trying to just be better at it because I feel like when I see guys like uh, Brandon Boyd that have these insane lyrics, like these really good, uh, profound lyrics, I know part of that comes from reading books. That guy reads books. And I feel like I could expand my vocabulary. You know what I mean? Because sometimes I feel like I'm saying the same things, using the same words. Um, so that's kind of what I've, why I'm trying to read a little bit more. And also so it don't sound like such a fucking idiot when I talk to people. Uh, and how I always do uh and um on this fucking podcast. <laughs> so um, kind of feels like I should put this uh, this podcast category under entertainment rather than music these days. <laughs> I don't know. I get in front of a microphone by myself and I just start making stupid jokes. Shit goes off the rails. Alrighty then. Um, I guess maybe that'll kind of do it for now. I can't really think of anything. Uh, I don't want to keep you too long, you know. It's been like an hour. But um, if there's anything I didn't cover, please feel free to hit me up in the in the DM on Instagram. Leave a comment on uh, on the post, whatever. Uh, and I'll try to address it in a future episode. But uh, yeah, so just get out there and write some songs, kids. No inhibitions, just <clears throat> write down what's in your head. Whatever it is, no matter what, write about love, write about loss, write about how you don't have any money. You know what I'm saying? Just, just write things. Um, write about how you love your iPhone. Get your creativity out there. Make a song, you know, and just no, uh, no sort of, nothing holding you back. There's no rules here, people, okay? I just describe my way of doing it. This is just how I do it. This is not the way to do it. It's your art. Just fucking make it. Yeah, that's good. There you have it, straight from the horse's face. Uh... I hope you enjoyed that. Um, I think I covered uh, a lot of things. Uh, again, if you have any questions, something I didn't cover, let me know. Throw in, throw in the comments on the, on the post on uh, Instagram. Slide in the DM. Ask me what's up. 
I will try to address those things uh, in future episodes. And if you have any ideas for shows, uh, let me know. Uh, I know I asked this like in the very beginning, I think like February, March, whenever I started this podcast, and I didn't really get on that um, because honestly, I had no idea what I was doing. and I was just really preoccupied trying to figure everything out. And I feel like I'm in a place now where um, I kind of got everything out that I wanted to talk about. And now I'm down to take uh, ideas. So let me know uh, what you'd like to hear about, what you'd like to uh, have me explain for you. Um, You know, I'm... uh, I'm down to talk about it. So uh, thank you very much for listening. Um, once again, thanks to my supporters. Insane. I, I, can't, I can't thank you enough. Uh, TalesFromTheGreenRoom.com and uh, hit the support the podcast button if you'd like to learn more. Follow me at uh, Howie Spangler, Instagram, Twitter, HowieSpangler.com, you know, all the, all the fun shit. And if you don't have that value record, you are missing out, man. Go get that shit. All right. And uh, we'll talk to you really soon. Please uh, remember to subscribe, rate, and review. Um, it keeps the podcast up in the up in the charts. I think I'm number six right now in music at Anchor. Um, I would love to see that go higher. I want to be like I want this podcast to be like the music podcast. You know what I'm saying? So uh, yeah, maybe you can help me do that. Uh, and check out the YouTube channel. All right, love you. Talk to you soon. <laughs>